Hi, this is Charles Skaggs, Jesse's partner in time on Next Stop Everywhere, and also co-host on the Fandom Zone podcast and lots of other things. I'm a big fan of Jesse Jackson, and when I'm not recording podcasting with him, I'm listening to Set Lusting Bruce. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is kind of a mixture. Um, You know, we've been doing a series of episodes where I've had newbie Springsteen fans join me, especially other podcast hosts, and we've been going through different Bruce songs and getting their impressions. And when I reached out to my network, um, my guest tonight said, well, I like Bruce Springsteen. I like podcasting. Can I join you? So, Terry, welcome to the show. Well, thank you for having me, Jesse. It's a pleasure to be here. It is. Radio Land. Absolutely. Now, Terry, um, you do a podcast called Damaged Goods. So talk to me a little bit about that. All right, well, um, you know, are the sensor, is your button, is your finger hovering over that sensor button? Uh, yes, I will. It, it, it's everything that you would think it would be and more. Um, you know, it's a show that was created in my head at least decades ago. And, you know, it's finally, it's something that's always been inside of me, and I got the right mix of people around me to finally get this thing off the ground. And, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of just a, a, a hodgepodge. It's, Imagine you're a fly uh, sitting on a wall in a room full of degenerates, right? And you're just picking up on their conversation. Yes. It's exactly what it is. We're just, we, we'll, we'll smash anything. We'll smash each other. It does not matter. You know, I'm completely uncensored. Thank God for the Internet. I, yes. I could not operate within the parameters of terrestrial radio. Yes. I don't know how that, I don't even know how terrestrial, terrestrial radio is even a thing anymore. But yes. that being said, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of a new venture for me. In a sense, I've only been at it for a year, uh, even though I've been doing it in my head forever. <laughs> yeah. You know, Terry, I just started a, a few months ago, and then I got sick, and so we're trying to start it up again. But, um, you know, the phrase we picked up from a radio station is playing grab ass, you know, where um, – and, and they and to talk about, you know, where you're just, just – insulting each other or giving each other a hard time and i have two really good friends bob and junior and we started podcasting similar to you uh, where the three of us get together in a room and we have a discussion the loose subject is we pick a pop culture figure like whitney houston okay how many how many true songs did whitney have and so, and we'll debate, and then there'll be a whole series of um, of death jokes because Whitney is dead, you know. Of course. Uh, and and I mean, so I got, like, I got like four queued up right now. Right. So you change the, <laughs> the you change the no- names of her song to include you know 
of death references okay. and and okay. and we okay. pl- we we have that discussion and then we and it's really just an excuse for the three of us to get together and laugh and joke and and we hope people like it but uh-huh. um you know as you and I talked before we hit record the truth is and this isn't an egotistical thing it isn't an arrogant thing it's you got to do what you think is entertaining you've got to do what you feel true to you and then people will gravitate to that because of the truth. If you're trying to just play what I think the people want, you know, people sense that. So, um, oh, yeah. yeah. Sure. And um, you were nice enough to have me on the show Sunday. And so I'm listening to the show. And you guys are funny. Um, there well, is there is, there is a little bit of a madness in there, a little bit of, of chaos. But the same way that when you know my son's here and his best friends here and we're all laughing and joking uh, you know it just becomes this sense of enjoyment so um i appreciate yeah. you having me on and i look forward to listening oh, to you guys definitely. grow yeah most definitely and you know and uh please feel free to come by again stop in any time uh-huh. i do want to shout out my my co-hosts um sith lord right on dude and uh, and also Fireball Jesus, who you did not meet okay. <laughs> when you dropped by. And Fireball Jesus, um, yeah, he's kind of on a hiatus, but whatever. It's what he does. He'll be back and, uh, you know, he's probably raising hell somewhere doing something. Well, that's how... Uh, yes. So, yeah, locker room talk is what it is. And, it, and, and to your point, you know, if you're not true to what you do, you know, I, I hit a point recently doing this show where I just stopped caring. I stopped caring about what people thought, about my show, about what my content was, about anything. If there's a million choices in this life, in this world, and if you don't like what you're listening to, go find something else. Maybe this isn't for you, you know. Um, but otherwise, stick around, and it's only going to get better. And we're, uh, you know, we're building this thing. It's a slow build. It really is, but uh, it's got legs. That's, you know, and I think that's exactly the right attitude to have. Let's, you know, let's have fun with this. Let's let's not take ourselves too serious um, because, you know, it's just a podcast, you know, and it really is just, it, yeah. it, bottom line, it is, uh, so I, I really appreciate it. Um, when I start seeing millions off of this shit, I'll start. I'll yeah. Start, I'll do the first curse. First curse. Okay. <laughs> 20 minutes in. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be good. I'm going forward, I promise. I know. Um, I, that's yeah, okay. When I start seeing some money coming in from this thing, then I'll start worrying about how people dictate the, the flow of the show. <laughs> I, um, I say this with great love in my heart. Um, when I edit, like I just heard, um... I said, and so, and, uh, you know, I do a lot of vocal tics. Okay. And I I said, I'm just, it takes me so long to edit all those out. Or okay. I can just put on the intro music, put on the outro music, um, try, you know, and say, this was live to tape, guys. And just forgive me my warts, forgive me my vocal tics. Um, if someone happens to call Bruce Brian, okay, that I'll edit out. But you know, oh, yeah. but you know, overall, we just want to have <laughs> so a fun discussion. Exactly. So, Terry, talk about where, where, where are you calling me from? What's your background? Where did you grow up? And what kind of music did you listen to growing up? Well, I'm actually calling you from Bruce's backyard. 
I'm born and raised in good old dirty New Jersey. Um, I'm in uh, Middlesex County, which is literally a stone toss away from Monmouth County, the freehold area where he grew up. Uh, you know, I've um, been here 40 years at this point, and I'm not going to die here. I'm going to break that. Uh, I'm going to break that cycle and get the hell out of the state. Nothing personal, Jersey. I love you, but I got. I got to leave you. You know, uh, it's just it's, it's toxic. It really is. But anyway, you know, growing up, um, you know, I was kind of a an eclectic guy. You know, kid, if you want to go that route. Um, my mother was a huge Stones fan. Um, you know, all the '70s uh, rock, uh, the Beatles. My dad was more. Uh, you know, what I did know of him. Um, you know, he was more of like the, the top 40s, or he was a jazz guy, he, he liked uh, R&B, okay. that type of thing. So there was always some, some weird battle going on in my head about what, what, where I fit in musically. Yes. But I kind of just settled on the fact, you know, at an early age that I could listen to anything. Yes. And I did. I listened to everything. You know, um, one of my first uh, uh, memories, actually, of Bruce was probably... The Born in the USA album, and we were just discussing this prior to going on air. Um, you know, great album. A uh, few few tracks I could do without now that I'm older. You know, I, I don't know why. I kind of honed in my, you know, what my wheelhouse of Bruce songs truly are. But, um, you know, so I remember taking my mom's cassette tape. I really just dated myself there, didn't I? And putting it in my Walkman. Well, when I tell... Like, the, I'll, I'll interrupt you there, Terry. When I talk about finding... Um, I I graduated high school and I discovered the Beach Boys and it was on an eight track so that dates me even worse so go ahead. Ooh, well, I didn't want to have to make you admit all that, but okay. Um, yeah. So anyways, I took this this cassette from her and you know, I played it front to back and I just played the hell out of it. There was nothing really left by the time she figured out what was going on and you know and they took it back from me. But I remember just certain songs, just like that. When 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 the album opens, and you got "Born in the USA," the, the, the first the drum beat, the Max is just that powerful drum beat, and then the synthesizers come in. You're just like, what is that, you know? And I didn't discover his earlier stuff until much later in life, probably too late in life to, you know, to to that I'm not sitting around regretting the fact that I didn't dig deeper into into this artist who is, you know, a god in this state. But, you know, because by the time, you know, Born in the USA was off the table, um, you know, there was a couple other albums that didn't hit as hard as Born in the USA, you know? Right. And then the band broke up. So I kind of ventured away from Springsteen, you know, the older I got, because more and more influences came to my life. But I'll never forget my first taste of Springsteen. And just that the entire album is just powerful. You know, I, I love your saying that because it, it there is a tendency among a segment of Springsteen fans that have disdain for that album um, because of its, you know, the middle 80s and it was so popular and um, there are songs that are certainly, in, in my mind, overplayed. Um, you know, I, I don't need to hear I'm on fire again. Uh, but you know, yeah. glory days. Can we just, we, I mean, if we had to redo that album, we'd probably take a couple tracks from Nebraska, yeah. in USA, so, and just kind of mix those two together. Right, but it is, it was the gateway drug to many Springsteen fanatics, 
it because they did hear that music and then they did and um which led them to um nebraska or born to run or darkness or even you know later on um you know tunnel of love and and some other stuff so um and there is a lot of beauty in those songs um I just I'm doing a series of episodes called Cage Matches and uh, where we pick two songs and we debate. And I just had my guys I was talking about Junior and Bob did Dancing in the Dark and Glory Days because they are casual Springsteen fans at best and I said okay that's their his two most pop centric songs as casual fans debate these. And um and we talked about the actual lyrics of Dancing in the Dark. If you take away the pop, you know, beat in the Courtney Cox video, there's actually a lot of depth to that song. I mean, no one, and that's the thing, like, no one ever really wants to lyrically, um, you know, dissect some of these songs. They just want to take it at the first, their first impression of it, what it is, and, you know, and from there they'll just make their formal opinions on it. Those who really care who play it over and over and over again, and, and, and how do these lyrics relate to me? Yes. Because I find myself relating a lot to Bruce's, to Bruce's lyrics. You know, um, we'll get into all that down, down the road in this discussion. I don't want to pop right now. It's 12 minutes into the I understand, show. yes. <laughs> there's going to be crickets by, there's going to be crickets by, you know, coming from Damaged Goods, Damage Goods the show on Facebook, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. Coming from there into this, I, I like the transition, I like the challenge, and I'm going to smash my hand with a ball-peen hammer every time I come from now on live on this show. That's okay. Um, um, but anyway. I have, I have, my, I, I'm making notes, 21, 2431, <laughs> bleep. <laughs> I was going to open up this entire little monologue I had in my head about the, discovering another show out there today called Damage Goods. Yeah. And how it... In, infuriated me and I was just so like I was like I hope Jesse has his finger on a thumb button because I'm gonna just go in there on fire but then you know I calm down I'm like it's not about me the show's not about me I'm supporting a friend yes who, you know in his project and and showing my love for Springsteen as well that's so funny. as I was saying you know uh it relate I can relate a lot to the songs that you know even like downbound train they no one really does anyone really pay attention to those lyrics that happened upon a certain point in my life last year where that song was the only song that I needed. And it's weird that you know, one song can help get you through a day, but it's like, you know, I work down at the car wash where all that ever does is rain. I, I mean, if you think about that in its context, oh, yeah, the guy's got a, sh a, a crappy job at the car wash and it's always right. raining. No, it's life is that, that way. You know, I, I got laid off in my one job. I, I grabbed another job, but now it's, you know, this job's always canceled because of the rain. Yeah. Or, you know, He's always feeling down in the dumps because he's got a garbage job and because he's getting hit with the hose at the car wash all day. You know, so it's like you can, it's all up to interpretation. So I I love that you brought that up, Terry. Um, I will admit I'll raise my hand about not paying a lot of attention to the lyrics of that. And my younger brother um, mentioned that's his favorite song. And so I was talking to a friend of mine, um, Sam, uh, who is a huge Springsteen and Dylan fan. I'm like, Downbound Train, why, why would that be anyone's favorite song? And he says, think about it. I lost my job. I had a girl. 
now I work at the car wash and all it doesn't rain. He says, that is, and my brother has had some tough times employment-wise and just had some struggles. And he goes, that's, your brother feels that. That's his story. And yep. when I thought of it that way, um, I got it. Um, yep. And and so. And that, and that might not always be your brother's story. It's just at that point in his right. life. That's what he was feeling the most. Yes. Tomorrow it might be Atlantic City. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, it's you know, like let's let's just get the hell out of here, you and me. Yeah. You know, and now I found somebody who I want to take with me, and, and you're coming with me. So it's it's you can run the gamut. You know, you like, can't. Uh, and just wanted to, you know, go ahead. Sorry. But no, no, no. I I I I'm enjoying the conversation immensely. You know, one of the things that. I get picked at a lot with a lot of love is by nature I'm very optimistic and I'm always in a positive mood and so I got laid off um, a couple years ago and I spent nine months unemployed it was a really tough nine months and I listened to better days and land of hope and dreams almost every day you know to, and so I get that. I mean, you know, the better days of this is a journey, you know, um, just enjoy this time off, um, you know, do stuff around the house, focus on you are going to find another job. And, and it did get depressing and it did push my optimism. But, you know, I, that's I kept playing that. In fact, um, I was lucky enough to go to Austin when Bruce was doing a signing. And so I stood in line for the couple hours, and I had my six seconds with him. And wow. um, we will we will talk off air, or you, you will discuss. I if you look at the two pictures, there's one me looking at the camera, and the other one has me looking at Bruce. And my friends all say that I look like I'm telling Bruce to please make love to me, you know, <laughs> except they say it a lot more rudely about, you know, finish, finish on me, Bruce, finish on me. And, <laughs> and, yeah, and so, wow. um, and I told him, even though he couldn't hear it because it was such a quick, you know, just, next 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 and um oh, yeah. yeah he was out, yeah huh? he was very friendly and i mean he he shook my hand strongly he he hey man and you know i just told him i said i was unemployed for nine months and i listened to land of hope and dreams of better day, days thank you so much for that you helped me get through that time and i know he didn't hear it because there was somebody, you know, next, and you're, you're trying to get the photo. But I've said this many times, Terry, I needed to say it more than I needed him to hear it. Yes, sir. I know that feeling. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's something inside of you. you who else is going to get that opportunity? Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I live, kind of 20, in all fairness, like 25 minutes away from where the guy, where the guy lives, and I've never seen him once. Right. You know, uh, but I've, I've had a series of near misses. Uh-huh. You know, I've had friends of mine who will send me a picture from a mall down down the shore, like, look who's in, you know, Lucky Jeans, yeah. talking to the, you know, to the to the cashier, you know, look who's in my gym, you know, and stuff like that. And it's like, ah, oh. like, I, but I, you know, and I do frequent Asbury Park a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, not anymore, but back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and there's always sightings of him down there, but never when I'm down there. Yeah. But I, I also have to think, like, I would probably, I'm not a star effer. I'm not going right. to just chase somebody down and, 
you know, and, and ask for an autograph or in, in, impede on their time, you right. know, especially if they're, they're by themselves because, you know, you have that right to be a human. Yes, well. absolutely. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a god and he's a god in a lot of sense. Yeah. To a lot of people. I mean, there's you know, it's evidence by the amount of people that pack into his shows and, mm-hmm. you know, that will fight and claw to get that, that front row seat or in the pit. And, you know, and, you know, he's also entitled to his downtime. Absolutely. So I, you know, I, I, think, I think with me, as much as I would love to, to just bump into him somewhere and be like, you have 20 minutes so I can chew your ear off about yeah. how much I love you in a non-homosexual way. Right. And maybe slightly in a homosexual way. Yes. Uh, but I, I would probably just, you know, step well, back and be like, yeah, I, love I, your music, man. Or knowing I, me, I'm such, a, I'm, I'm such an insecure douche. I'd be like, yeah, yes. you say it was great. Yeah. You know, dated, a dated reference from 40 years ago. Well, um, exactly. I always think of the Saturday Night Live bit, right, where uh, Paul McCartney was on and he like, you remember when you did that and it was great? <laughs> you know, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Farley, uh, yes. Somebody in my life just hit me with that the other day, and it's funny you said that because it had me laughing when that came up. And, but yeah, those interviews, are, yeah, that was great. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that would be me. Totally would be me. Oh. Um, geez. You know, and you wonder, yeah, there was a lot of discussion. I've had some series. I had people on uh, that went to the book signings. And there was a lot of discussion about what do you say, and do you just say thank you? Do you try to think of something clever? You know, what do you want to do? And I, there's a whole diversity, um, you know. And so I, I have told this story many times as I'm driving down to Austin, which is about a three-hour drive. You know, I'm Luca Broxa in The Godfather, just saying over and over again on the honor of your daughter's wedding, you know, like maybe they have a masculine child. I'm just going, I was unemployed for nine months, and you're, I, just, I was saying it over and over and over again. Exactly. You get down there, you're like, you're like Ralph Cramden, like, homer no, homer no, homer no. Exactly, it was. I, I bribe a dust. I bribe a dust. Yes. <laughs> so, Terry, you mentioned oh, you kind of drifted away. What right. brought you back to Bruce? Oh. Well, let me see. So if I had to think, I mean, because I, I grew up also, like, in such a weird time because you had, like, dueling monsters going. You had you had rap, right, yeah. for what it became in the 90s, yes. hip-hop, if you will, and the culture and the lifestyle and, and everything that, you know, it's just so – and I grew up kind of, a, you know, uh, I myself was less fortunate than many of my neighbors who enjoyed all the spoils of being, you know, uh, being product of rich parents okay i wasn't that way i fell in with sort of the hip-hop crowd because none of us had much money but we all had each other and you know and at the same time you had this 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 monster which was grunge which was nirvana in a seattle music scene and it was just everyone was just kind of on this collision course to who was going to be bigger you know and ultimately i feel that, that hip-hop kind of won out because hip-hop is still going, well, I don't feel it's going strong because it's garbage now, but the grunge thing kind of faded after, after Cobain died. So, I mean, I kind of just jumped around in my, in my teens, in my early 20s. You know, I, I probably wouldn't say until I was about 25, 26 years old. I, I mean, I, I did dabble with some of the Human Touch album. Yeah. I liked, uh, I liked a few songs, obviously. Human Touch was great on that, and... Uh, 
uh, what else was a roll of the dice was another good one. Yeah. Um, you know, so those so those couple of songs kind of you know kept me still interested in Bruce, and then Brilliant Disguise came out in the '90s as well. Kind of still kind of drew, drew me back and say, oh, you know what? I remember Bruce, you know, and then and I kind of left him alone again, and and probably when I in my '30s, I'd say maybe about probably ten, you know, about ten twelve years ago. I fell upon some, some, some hard times in life, you know, and uh, the family I had was, was being torn apart, you know, through a divorce and children were being separated and so on and so on. And I really needed, I needed something, you know, mm-hmm. and that's when I kind of rediscovered Bruce's music. And I'd say the album that kind of pulled me back in, funny enough, was the, uh, the, the, the reunion, the, the reunion album at MSG. Yeah. Right, the concert of the, the in 2000, right? So you got you know you have the band that was a part, you know, and then Bruce pulls them back together and they go on this this tour and they and they kick it off at MSG. Uh, actually, they kicked it off down in Asbury. Not many people know that they, they did one or two shows down in Asbury, then took it on the road. Right. But they, I mean, just they just destroyed and 10th Avenue freeze out. That version of 10th Avenue freeze out. I will play that to this day to anybody. And be like, show me a better performance, a better live performance where that where the performer is not pouring his entire self yeah. out out of the picture onto the stage. Just he just leaves everything on there, you know. Just yeah. the way he conducts, the, he 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 owns the crowd. Everyone's eating out of the palm of his hands. He he can kick the band up or shut them down just by lifting his hand or yes. stomping his foot, you know. Like that that to, to me just is like wow. It's like this. And I guess as you mature as a person, as a human, and, and you move on in your life and you start to think of other things and, and put them in perspective in your own mind, you're just like, man, this is, this is what I've been missing. This is my ticket to adulthood, you know, like, wow. And, uh, you know, from that point, other good times grew. I started cultivating good times. Some of them, most of them actually based around that album, you know. I met yeah. another woman, and she was, uh, you know, she was very special to me, and we, uh, you know, we kind of bonded over Prove It All Might Live. That was a great song, too. I mean, and then that, what that did is that forced me to go back into the archives in the 70s and grab Prove It All Might, you know, live with that real crazy long intro that he does, you know, um, from all the Absolutely, yes. in the 70s. And, like, now I'm just, now I'm, now I'm, I'm taking songs that I'm just discovering now, and I'm like, all right, this one's good live, but now I'm falling back and I'm going back this far and finding this one, and I'm like, Jesus, I mean, this guy's been doing the same method of just killing it every single night that he's on that stage for decades longer than i've been alive this guy isn't owning it i i am so yeah i am so glad you brought up that live in new york and you know um every once in a while everything yeah i I don't think you had a chance no i know that's okay (laughs) um i'm sweating like bruce over here (laughs) you know terry when I, i i sit there and i I agree. Uh, there's another podcast that I'm a big fan of. The two guys they do damage goods. Well, damage goods, yes. But the other <laughs> one is Bruce. Bruce Springsteen sings the alphabet, and they have uh, JB and Rob are going through every Bruce Springsteen song in alphabetical order, discussing it. And they talk about that they think at heart Bruce is a Southern preacher. <laughs> you know, yes. and yes. oh yeah, a carnival barker. Uh, yeah, barker. and and when he talks about that, you know, 
going the gypsy woman and you need a band and you know yeah. and and then and he you're just like yes and when he's describing it and um and i will tell you no matter where i am you know in the car by myself with people when that song comes on and then when you you know i i say and here comes the important part and they you know uh -huh. the big man yeah. joined the band uh it is just it makes me smile i pump my fist i am mocked by my lovely bride and my son <laughs> like there's pops again oh, yeah, who yep. cares? Well, who I don't. Cares? I, mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I. I. Yep. And as you talked about, you reach the point where you don't care. You know, I own it. I go. Yes, this is. You know, this is my passion. This is my obsession. This is. This guy right. makes me smile. He brings me joy. Porn or heroin. Yes. Bruce Springsteen. What is wrong with that? Absolutely. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that. And, and and you're not alone. Yeah. And and for those people that look at you like, oh, this guy, he's a Bruce fan, whatever. There's millions and millions. And it doesn't just stop at average people. It, it goes all down the line from actors, entertainers, yeah. residents, musicians. Yeah. I mean, everyone is a fan of this guy. Well, How could you not be? You know, when you, when you talk about, and I know it's partly tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, President Obama said... I couldn't be the boss, so I ran for president. You know, and he's yeah, yeah, he's yeah. partly kidding. Um, and, and here's a great story. You'll appreciate this, Terry. So I'm in New Orleans uh, the first week of June. Um, it was our 33rd wedding anniversary and my 58th birthday were that same weekend. And so my wife and I had gotten away. Um, I, you know... Um, aren't know if my listeners are aware but i i was diagnosed at the end of february with colon cancer everything's fine now but i'm in the middle of a round of chemos you know six months right. of chemo so god bless man. thank you god appreciate bless. that so anyway we're in new orleans and you know my wife is tolerant and loves me you know and kind of appreciates the fact that i'm this obsessed you know bruce fan i have a band that says no retreat no surrender i wear all the time especially now that i'm fighting cancer and so anyway yep. we're in this um we're in a club on frenchman street new orleans and it's an afternoon gig and there's um a, a beautiful african-american woman this really handsome african-american man and they're performing and they talk about that this is was it a sex show no 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 music Oh, okay. Good. Good. Yeah, I know. Hey, and <laughs> they were. Yeah, no. I, 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 Terry's going tell this story a little slower, Jesse, and lower yeah, your exactly. voice. Wait, did you turn the bass up on your mic? Yeah. So, bomb chicka And so, <laughs> the she's coming around, getting tips and selling the CDs and. Linda looks at me and she says, "Go ahead." And I said, "Hey, I, you know, I know this is probably odd, but is there, you know, I, I, I just really would love a Bruce Springsteen song, but I probably that's, that's a weird thing to ask for." And she says, "Oh, Atlantic City is one of my favorite songs." She goes, wow. "I'll go back and do it." Wow. So I'll send you the link of her doing it. Please do. And it Please was one it, of my favorites. Yeah, and it was amazing that she did that. And. And there is so much 
you know, you talk about lyrics, right? Everything dies, baby, that's a fact. But some things that die, baby, come back, right? That, that mm -hmm. is this resurrection and the idea of that's more than just we're talking we're talking about dreams come back to life we're talking about hope comes back to life and how you can rebound in your life where you know that's another why land of hope and dreams is one of my favorite songs because faith will be rewarded we can turn ourselves around and i just think the power of bruce's music sending that message is just something beautiful yeah yeah for sure that definitely is one of the uh, one of the favorites on my list too. It's, it's funny that you had picked that one to discuss tonight too. Yeah, because uh, it's, it's more synchronicity. Because I was just discussing it again today. So it's mm -hmm. funny. I didn't even read the notes leading up to this. I promise you that I, I didn't do my homework because I've been busy. You know, we, we recorded Sunday night. Yeah, and I've been. I, I started writing for for this show tonight um, last week. Yeah. Uh, and then like I didn't read the notes in between when I wrote last week and when I when I mm -hmm. you know called you tonight and yeah. so when we we plotted on before before we hit record here you know yeah. and you had mentioned that you wanted to, to discuss land of hopes and hope and dreams yeah to, to me it was just like wow that's that's perfect that that song came to me you know i found it that's another one i think it was first released actually on that, that exactly it was DVD, yes dvd right so that was <clears throat> by the time i got through with the atlantic city and by the time i got through with the prove it all nights and 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 then I went back and I, I discovered My Love Will Not Let You Down live. And then I, then, then I jumped down to Mansion on the Hill, which I never really liked before. But now I'm starting to dig it. You know, then Out in the Street and 10th Avenue. And, and you know, the list keeps going on and on with a strong set list on that, on that show was. You know, I'm not, and I'm leaving, Jungle, I'm leaving Jungle Land out where Clarence, right. rest in peace, absolutely destroyed the room. You know, yeah. that's probably the, one of the greatest performances I've ever seen in my life. You know, um, uh, and then there's this one song, you know, Land of Hope and Dreams. I've never heard it before because it's, it wasn't on any albums at that point. It wasn't released until Wrecking Ball, right? Exactly. Uh, I believe that's when they finally released it. And, uh, you know, it was Wrecking Ball. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, so, so here I am just like, oh, wow, this song is cool. It kind of got like this country feel to it, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not a country fan by any stretch of the imagination, but I just, kept listening to it. I, I like the drum beat in the beginning with Max, it boom, you know, it, it just it just kicks in, and then uh, then, he, then, then he comes in with a guitar, and it's just, it's a great song, and then when you start dissecting the lyrics, and, you know, that song did, it helped me get through a real rough patch in my life. I, I don't, I, I'm not one to really put my personal business okay. out there in, uh, in radio land, and okay. stuff, but I, it, it did come to me at a point where I suffered a giant loss, Okay. and I, had, I was surrounded by people that loved me, you know, who were looking out for me, and uh, um, someone very close to me, uh, you know, wrote the lyrics to that song out, especially one part. Um, it kind of slips my mind right now because I'm trying to think about it too hard, but I'll think about it in a second and, and nail it. And, she's, and she, she gave it to me, and she's like, listen, just read this and continue to read this, and this will get you through, you know. Um, and eventually I got through that, that real tough period of my life, and... You know, to this day, anytime I hear that song, I, I think about that time, and you know, I, I learned lessons. I learned a lot of lessons about you know that who I was and and how that helped get me through what I was dealing with at that time, and 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 how it's postured me to be a man I am now. You know, and it's just something. It's, it's something I was a, a lyric, and it, it was probably like two sentences out of it. You know, um, 
again, it's just keeping my mind. That's okay. No, no, no. I, 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 I understand, Terry. I, what I find I lovely. The, this train yeah. um, you know, uh, yeah. carries horrors. No. Yeah. Well, I, <laughs> That's I, my favorite part. No, I, I laugh. At my house. I laugh at my wife because she is not a fan of this song, and I said it's because it's got the word whore in it. She goes, no, that isn't the reason. I go, yeah, it is. It's okay. You can just By admit it. My favorite it. song. Yeah. Yes. Um, Wait, first off, let's, let's be honest here. Who doesn't want to see a train car full of whores? Yeah. Would that just not make you happy? That would make whores you and so gamblers. Happy. I mean, this is just perfect. Yeah. No, well, I can do it without the gamblers. Yeah. You know, unless they're, unless they're wagering how much is going to, you know, how many of them make a bang or something like that. That would be fun. But, I mean, eventually I can do it without the gamblers, but a car full of whores? Like, wow. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I got sidetracked a little bit there. No, but yeah, no. So Land of Hope and Dreams, definitely, you know, it's one of those songs that just, it's another one of, of many um, that well, carried me through. Well, and I want to talk about that in a minute, but what's ironic is the song... This train is bound for glory. Um, has the lyrics are this train don't carry no gamblers. This train, no whiskey drinkers, no high flyers. This train carries no gamblers. This train is bound for glory, and and this is a very well known, you know, kind of gospel song, and and. And it's very popular, you know, a lot of country artists have done it. And for Bruce to kind of take that and that we, he does carry whores, gamblers, the brokenhearted, you know, and and the idea that this train is everyone, that this is you can leave behind, you know, leave behind, take what we can carry and we'll leave the rest, which Mm -hmm. is a symbolism of the baggage you're having. Um I will share a little bit of my personal story, and I, I, I certainly admire and understand you not sharing your baggage, but um, just so you'll know you're not alone in this, um, my son was having a tough time after his freshman year in college, and for a couple of things, both academically and a few other things, he was he was not doing well, and we had a Come to Jesus meeting, and I said, think of me as your banker and your pro, your uh, academic probation officer, why should I send you back for your second semester of school? And, you know, we came up with a plan, and he was depressed. You know, at, at, you know, at 19, oh, my God, my life's over. I've effed up so much. And, you know, I, I played Land of Hope and Dreams to him, and I said, you know, you can turn this around. You're way too young. I said, there are 50, 60-year-old people that turn around their lives. You're way too young to be depressed. And so whenever I hear Land of Hope and Dreams, I think of that. And then um, I I lost a really good friend a few years ago. He was my age, um, died just unexpectedly. And I quoted Land of Hope and Dreams at his funeral. And then um, in 2011, my father died, and I quoted Land of Joe Dreams at his funeral. So the song has a lot of beautiful meaning to me, both sure in joy and not only remembering people that you love, but, you know, this hopeful thing. And And one of the things I love, which is so silly, is I love how anytime he plays it, he introduces it. 
this is land of hope and dreams you know while that music's yeah. going and the band and mm-hmm. it is yep. it is just it is a celebration song that is oh, sure. that sure. you wonder so i have a question so this, i got in my mind before, yeah. before i forget please i did remember the the lyrics that were given to me at that point yeah um it was leave behind your sorrows let this day be the last tomorrow there'll be sunshine and all this darkness past that those those three sentences four sentences right there meant everything for the entire month i was going through what i was going through and you know, she stuck. She she stood by me through that whole thing, and she just kept reminding me about this, and it's gonna be okay. You know, and you know, so big shout out to to her. She she'll hear this eventually, and she knows who I'm talking. That about, that is, her, you know, that that is amazing, know, and and I totally agree. Um, so God, we've talked almost an hour. This is awesome. Yeah, um, we're, we're, we're we're thirty nine minutes, and yeah. we have like I don't know seven bullets left. Yeah. So we're gonna. Uh, uh, so I. I, have I think a, this should be a two-parter. Yes, we definitely are going to have you on. This has been too much fun. Uh, how many times have you seen him perform live? Four. Okay. Only four. Well, um, again, I, I, I arrived at the party late. Well, and... Um, but I, I, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 finish your statement. It's, it's just tough to do it over the phone, that's all. Yeah. Um, next time we got to get Skype involved. Yes. Um, yeah, like I said, I got to the party late. So it was, you know, by the time I started getting to live shows and stuff, it was... Because he had taken a few years off at the reunion tours. Well, maybe not. Maybe after Magic. Uh, whatever. Whatever the case was. I get the first show I went to was one of the final shows at Giant Stadium here in, in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And uh, you know he was doing um, he was doing the entire albums, right? Right. Remember when he was doing that? So he he did Born in the USA the night I went. Right. <sighs> Problem is my first Bruce show went with my cousin. Huge Bruce fan. Shout out, Jim. I know you're going to hear this one as well. And uh, we got sh- sloppy. I almost, I almost cursed, but I stopped it. We got sloppy in the parking lot. Like, we tailgated okay. for a good few hours before going in. And this guy just decides he's going to go on a walkabout. He's just going to hand me his keys and his phone. And he's like, I'm out of here. I'll see you later. And I'm like, what? And now I'm, like, panicking. Like, how the hell am I going to get back yeah, to my exactly. house? Yeah, exactly. my ride. As it is, I was kind of worried because he was smashed anyway. And so, like, I didn't really get to enjoy the show the way I wanted to because I, you know, I, I do tend to worry about things. Sure, so I would too. That show was that show was kind of wasted. Um, but to, to bookend that, that was in call it October. The following month, I was in Cleveland on business, and he was there for one night only, the night before Veterans Day. I worked for a financial institution, so we get that holiday off. Um, I was in town all week anyway, and it was a Tuesday night show. I was up the next day. I stood in the rain for two hours to get to, to scalp tickets. I had, if you ever seen the way ticket scalpers work, you know, you have one, one group that stands at the, the, the beginning of the line and buy right. tickets. They move them down the line, and they sell them to all the rubes right. for double the price. I was standing where the people are trying to buy extra tickets, and these cats did not like me. But oh, I bet. There was nothing they could do. There's nothing they could do because I'm, I'm the only white guy there trying to trying to do what they're doing, but I'm not doing it for what they do. What they're doing for I'm doing is I want to get in. Yeah. And finally, they're just like, they just, they just had to step aside and just let me get my ticket. I got my ticket, face value, nosebleeds. I was so low. And by the time, and, it, and I was born to run that night, and I, and I, I didn't drink a drop. 
I enjoyed the entire show, and I worked my way all the way down to the almost to the pit area from the top of the raft nice. in Cleveland, almost to the pit side stage, and I was there for the entire American land, and uh, and I got Bobby Jean. Nice. So uh, yeah, real real close. So that right there, that was my favorite. That um, that sounds amazing. I I appreciate that. Uh, that's. Uh, that's so cool, and I do want to. I always put this on the podcast. You know, th- the amount of times you've seen Bruce has nothing to do with how big of a fan you are, because oh, yeah. no, it right. is you can't, you can't no, because because of circumstances. And now, my first show was in 2002, the Rising Tour. For many of the reasons you're talking about, he was you know I was living in Texas or Louisiana before that. He didn't come as often. The band had broken up. Um, you know, so I didn't have the opportunity to see him as often. And I feel like I'm in a football game where you miss an extra point where I'm always trying to catch up. (laughs) You know, I try to see it every time I can because I'm trying to play catch up. Uh, that's amazing. All right. So I've got a couple. And it's it's something you'll never be able to. No, you can't. Yeah. You'll never get enough. No, exactly. Appreciate it when you get it. Absolutely. So a couple questions. I, I ask this a lot to my, um, passionate fans. So, and, and there is no right answer, but just a preference. And it's okay if you don't have a preference. Um, we have a, a healthy debate on, do you like the core E Street band like we got on this river tour, which you add Susie to, um, you know, and Charlie now doing for Danny's part? Or do you like the E Street on steroids like we got at Wrecking Ball, which I call the E Street Orchestra, with the horns and the backup singers? Mm. If you have a choice, mm. which one? Uh, I'd have to go with. If I can, the the originals, okay. um, you know, uh, with Danny, because mm-hmm. he destroyed he destroyed uh, Sandy that song Sandy. Oh yeah, you know, Fourth of July Asbury Park. Uh, so I mean, like just they because they all have their own unique style. I, I don't don't get me wrong, I don't mind the big band, he, especially after the Seeger sessions. You know, because I didn't understand that either. That's a whole other thing that we can approach another day. That's another show topic. Jumping into the Seeger sessions, that right there is, is a whole, you have to do an hour on that. I, I discovered that kind of later in the game as well. And now I'm like, I kind of like him with a bigger band. Yes. I like him with different faces. I mean, uh, you know, but the, the, just the, the original ensemble, uh, you know, give or take. I, I think I like Max more than Vinny. I'm um, sorry. Uh, how did your how did your interview go with Vinny, by the way? You it, plug that it, show? Yeah, I, it it. As we're recording this, which is June 28th, it dropped today. Um, it was good. I, I found a couple of glitches in my editing I should have caught, but I had to live with it. It went well. Um, he, I think he had a good time, and so, yes, it was good. Um, you know, one of the things I asked before I hit record is I said, okay, Vinny, um, you know, is there anything – I said, I know you must – you're probably tired of talking about – you know, the band and what's going on. He goes, that's all anyone ever wants to talk about is me getting fired and, you know, my relationship with Bruce. That's why he doesn't want to talk about it. And I said, okay, well then we're not going to talk about that. I said, and and I said in the podcast, I said, I'm treating Vinny 
the same way I would any guest. We're going to talk about his musical journey. And so that's what we talked about. He talked about how much he loved to sing and how he never took drum lessons and, you know, loving the Beach Boys and Elvis and how he got fired fired once because he wouldn't play Wipeout. Um, because he's like, <laughs> you can't sing on Wipeout. I, I'm a singer along with a drummer. So that was a funny story. So it went really well. Um, good. Yeah. So that's good. Now then. Another discussion, I am really fascinated because of your background you've shared with me, Terry, is I once said to a guest that I would okay, I would be okay with a concert that Tunnel Love forward and nothing before Tunnel Love. Nothing from Ooh. Born in the USA, Darkness, Born in the USA. And my guest said, and I would be fine with a concert that was nothing after darkness. Wow. <laughs> and, and so, do you have a preference either way, Terry? Um, Jesus. Oh yeah, this we ask the tough questions here. This is you just think. Yeah, this, this is this is this is a good question. Yeah. I would think I would think I'd have to go born in the USA, and then I would have to stop, and it's probably blasphemy because I don't want to go that. Yeah. High hopes. I'd have to stop right before high hopes. Okay. Straight, straight through wrecking ball. Okay. And I could do without the, the ghost of Tom, Tom Jones. Yeah. Yeah. That's you know my point was I I love Born to Run and and I get a yeah, sense of joy every time I hear it. I love Thunder Road. So many. Songs. I love all, I mean, you know all these about, things. Yeah. Think yeah. About when he was when he wrote. I mean, okay. Yeah. I, I would go from Born to Run forward. I I like greetings. Greetings yeah. is a great album, and the, and the Wild and the Innocent, Innocent and the Street Shuffle, eh, whatever. But Born in the USA was Here I Am. You yeah. know, and how old was he when that was released? When he wrote that, when he wrote Jungle Land, which is a, essentially a rock orchestra. Yeah. Right? Uh, orchestra? Not, whatever. Uh, opera. Yeah, rock opera, it, yes. Rock opera. I, I may or may not have had a space cookie. Okay, that's okay. And it may or may not be kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, shout out to Damage Good Bakery. Yes. And, and uh, so, but think about that song alone. Like, the talent it takes to write that song and, to, and to arrange that, put it all together, right down to the sax solo. And then you could get Night. That's another great song on that, that, yeah. that, that album that doesn't get much attention. And she's the one. You know, well, um, th think of the like, simple just, yeah. factory, just this simple little song, but there is so much emotion and story in that, you know, yep. and, and, um, I've, I've heard people cover it and it's just amazing. Um, you know, it, one of the things we're doing and um, I think you'll enjoy the episodes is, you know, I, I'm giving people, as we talked about at the very beginning of the recording, um, other podcast hosts that know nothing about Bruce except Born to Run and maybe Born in the USA. That's, you know, they may know Glory Days or, you know, the Born in the USA hits, that's it. And so, you know, I've given them those songs that I've sent to you to kind of, for us to, if we want to discuss later. And I'm getting so much feedback from these people that go... Wow, this is some really interesting lyrics and and what creative music and you know almost all of them are shocked by Highway Patrolmen um that you know I I can't believe this is a Bruce Springsteen song 
And I go, right. yeah. I said, listen to the Johnny Cash cover, and you would swear Johnny Cash wrote the song. So, yep. yeah. Yep, absolutely. It is amazing. Um, so I got another question, and then we'll kind of start to wind down. And yes, Terry, we are going to do a second Ooh. episode. I promise. <laughs> this is too yeah, much fun. To. This, it, this is a great time. Yeah, really thank was. you. Um, so I was just close to bringing my my fourteen year old daughter on. By the way, shout out to Jill. Oh, we'll you, get, Jill. oh, we'd love that. She, she's a huge she's a huge Bruce fan, and it's embedded in her. That's nice. Um, she. I'm going back probably. Six years now. She's about eight years old for Father's Day. She mm-hmm. hand wrote the lyrics to uh, to One Way Street of Off the Promise. Uh, now that that is a fan, right? Yes. Wrote the lyrics to One Way Street. That drew a picture of me and her, her holding hands, walking mm-hmm. on, a, on a Father's Day card. I cry. I cried. Oh. Like you could kick me in the face, and I'm not gonna cry as hard as I cried when I got that card. I. I hear you. Um, my son ordered when I was in the hospital. He found a graphic this artist had done. Have a little faith. There's magic in the night, and had drawn it with calibri, calibri and everything. And he gave uh-huh. that to me when I got out of the hospital and said, "You know, I wanted you to have this on your wall." And uh, I was just, you know, started crying. Um, yep. 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 That is just something amazing. Um, so. One of the episodes that I'm really proud of, a guy named Jay Armstrong is a um, a honors English teacher. He teaches high school English, and one of the things he does is they talk, they use Thunder Road as a poem, and they compare it to uh, The Road Not Taken, um, you know, that famous poem, and the the episodes earlier in my feed where he talks about the all the he breaks this down as a poem and the stands and the illusions and what imagery he's using and then at the very end he asks the question does Mary get in the car and I said well absolutely she does because yeah I said because it says this is a a town full of losers we're pulling out here to win and he says if you look at the original album it's I'm pulling out to win. I'm like, what? And um, well, remember this much, right? Winners yeah. never pull out. Right. It is her problem. It becomes Mary's problem when Mary's at the clinic. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm splitting. I'm splitting town. Yes. He was, oh, there, there's another one. Okay. So he was definitely leaving town. Well, and what <laughs> I loved is the idea, and and I said, you know, as a optimist and a a. Um, romantic, of course she gets in the car, you know, of course she, and he made a really good argument that she's afraid, and that she stays on that porch because she can't, she's so afraid to make a choice that she's left in her indecision, so, um, Terry? She's been there before because there was ghosts in her eyes of all the boys she sent away. Yes. Right. So now she hasn't been. They've been all courting her, but now he's the one. Right. Who's gonna come and, and convince her to get in this car? You know. Right. You ain't beauty, but you're all right. Yes. You know, you, you'll be fine for the night for me. You know, uh, the door's open, but the ride ain't free. Yes. It, it, it's all there. It's all there. But I, 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 I side with you. She got in the car. Okay. Good. Very nice. And she's glad she did. She's glad she did because he hit it big, 
and he's a trillionaire yes. right now. Exactly. And if, and if she did it, then Mary's kicking herself on that same porch. Yes. <laughs> you know? Just like Ro- I should have went with Bruce. Just like Rosalita said, right? You know, we got a big yep. advance. Um, yep. This is awesome. Um, any final thoughts before we close it up? And we will schedule another time and we'll talk more. Oh, that's great, man. Uh, first off, this is being uh, duly recorded for release uh, with your blessing when the time is right yes. on my uh, on my uh, my platform as well. Absolutely. Com. So please tell the people how they can find you and when they can find you. Absolutely. So uh, that was my next question to you. So I am go, – go ahead and plug your – how they can reach you, um, how to find the show, your Twitter handle, um, anything like that, and then I will give mine. All right, so I, I, I was waiting for this moment, and I had kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, there are a bunch of hacks out there running around using my name for this show. Oh, no. Um, no, but they, they probably had it first. So I might be the hack, but I do it better. Yes, you and, do. And the cream always rises to the top. So if you want to find me, please go on Facebook, Damage Goods the Show, one word, uh, at, at Damage Goods the Show on Twitter, and damagegoods.libsyn.com. L-I-B-S-Y-N.com, Instagram, Damage Goods the Show as well, uh, coming soon to iTunes, and we're just going to take over. Very nice. Well, I am at Jesse Jackson DFW. Uh, The show's Twitter is at SetLustingBruce. Um, we, you can send me an email at setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We are always looking for Bruce Springsteen um, fans to join me and tell their story. I believe every Bruce Springsteen story fan has a story, and it's my duty to get all of them on tape. So um, we appreciate that. Um, Terry, this was a blast. If I, if, I'm, if, I'm, if I may, sir. Please. Let me just hijack, let me just hijack this. Please. Quick, and I'll make, I'll make it quick. Favorite album and why? Okay. Um, I love this. You're kind of turning the thing. Um, I, 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 I tend to um, – there's something about Tunnel of Love that just – I does something, and I don't love every song, but the songs I love on Tunnel of Love just kind of speak to me. Um, and yeah. there, that something else, Modern Era. I, I certainly love Magic, but there's something about Wrecking Ball, and you know, you get American Land, you've got Land of Hope and Dreams, of Jack of All Trades. We take care of our mm-hmm. own. Um, so. Between and and I am a just so you'll sh- you'll know um, I was a casual fan through Born in the USA um, certainly had you know knew uh, you know Tunnel of Love I bought the live set but I was not obsessed till 2002 when I saw him on the Rising tour for the first time and I say there are two kinds of people, the people that go to a Bruce Springsteen show for the first time and go, wow, that was long. And the others go, oh, my goodness, I want to see this man perform anytime I can because yes, it's it's yes. life changing. And so Those that walk out feeling like they just went to church. Exactly. You know, and right. and so a lot of the modern albums mean a lot to me because I got them at the same time. I wasn't mm-hmm. like if I have to go to darkness or I have to go to um, greetings, you know, 
everyone else already knows that and it's things versus I'm listening to Devils and Dusk and I'm listening to it the, as a new album for the first time like everyone else is. And so I have a, a an affection for those new albums. How about you? Yeah. What would be your album and why? This one's going to blow you away. Okay. I promise. Got I promise you. because it was it came to me during that same period of my life yeah. when I was alone for a solid month with nothing to do but to reflect mm-hmm. and to dwell mentally, and it just hit at the right time. And it, and I listened the hell out of it because that's how my daughter picked up on it, and that's how One yeah. the Street came out, and Rendezvous, and Save My Love, and, you know, just a, a thousand, it was a dual CD, I believe. Yeah. It was just... A, a plethora of songs talk to me a good enough uh, it, 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 i love a good, good enough, enough. Oh. yeah you could just keep going yes. with it. and it just it because it's nostalgic in the sense that it was released in like 2010 2011 yeah. but however it's it's really the materials from the 70s right. right it took place between born in usa and darkness right that's when yeah. mainly when those recordings were done yeah racing in the streets i believe was on that one just it just it just kept hitting hard no not racing was on darkness wasn't it yeah, I don't know. But There's they, so much to wrap your yeah, head around. and um, and that extended opening and the the alternate mix. I mean, I think that yeah. is a great, you know, in a lot of ways, unreleased album. Even though it's released, right? It was just so and and I kind of as much as I love the River Tour, boy, it would have been nice for him to tour with the Promise and played some of those songs. Oh, I agree. I agree. I, the River Tour. I did. I went to a show on the River Tour. The only thing I really took away from that is that I like I, I love Wreck on the Highway now and Meet Me in a City was a nice a nice added uh, bonus. I loved you know? starting with that song. This, yeah, you know that's fun. And it's great because it's great because he he opened it and I don't want to keep you going here because no, I don't no, no. wrap it up. But he uh, you know he opened that I guess the tour was in New York City again. He opens he loves opening in MSG and it was in January. It was a huge snowstorm. And I heard a live recording on Sirius XM. Shout out to E Street, yeah, uh, E Street Channel. Um, it's a great channel. And so I, so I heard it. So you know, in, in between like the two verses, right before the band kicks into the the, the guitar solo or whatever, he's like, you know, he, she's barking at the crowd again. He's like, everybody's so bad. Blizzard of like 2015 or whatever. But he, you know, he just everybody had to get through some real crappy weather to get there just to see him and he didn't you know again he didn't have to tough it out you know he probably took I, I don't know how he got there he probably at this point he probably just like encapsulize him in like a little capsule and they shoot him there just to make sure he gets there in one piece and he's fine um you know and, and it just it just touched me that moment it's just like he's just you know he's just every band but he's still rubbing your nose in it yeah he's i'm better than you you know, but how's that blizzard out there? You still came out to see me, even though there's two feet of snow outside. Your ass is still in here yeah. listening to me. Well, and then when you think about, I was lucky enough in August, I went to the second Met um, Stadium show. You know, the August 25th show, and almost you know four hours, um, give or take. And you know, it was the first time I'd seen him in Jersey. My son went with me. You're talking about your. Um, I think I was at that show. I really yeah. think I was at that show. Was yeah. Like, yeah, I yeah. think I was at. I think that was the one I went to. My daughter. You know, you were talking about your daughter. Well, funny thing. You know, my son is 28. Was 
not a Bruce fan at all. You know, he, um, you know, we've gone through the stage of Mike Jones, Mike Jones in Houston and Little Wang. And um, I used to always say, Little Wang, why are they saying they're bragging about having a small, you know, they know it's Little Wayne, Dad. And, um, and so, you know, he... Um, then went to East Texas College and kind of got into some country music and still loves a lot of hip-hop. And so when Bruce was playing in Oklahoma City, he said, well, you know what, let's make it a, let's make it a guy's trip. I'll go with you, Dad. And I said, okay. So we drove up and, and you know, he watched the show and he, on the way home, um, I actually recorded. I hit record on my little portable recorder and in the car we had a show and he talked about how much he enjoyed it. And then he started listening to music more live, and he said, you know, I was having a bad day, and I played out on the streets, and it made me happy, Dad. And I'm like, you know, wow. you, you made me just cry. And then when we were in New York, he said, yes, I will go, absolutely. And um, we went, and we saw him there in Jersey, and, you know, Chris is like, that it was amazing. So he's already, he asked all the time, when's he touring again? When's he touring again? I there need to go. go see him again. So uh, there's just something about that. Um, and Chris, of course, says that Out in the Street is everyone's song because he's there. he says there's not a person working that on Monday morning isn't thinking about Friday. He says, I don't know, I don't care how much you love your job. <laughs> on Monday mornings, you've already got Friday on your mind. And I said, you know, Chris, exactly. I'm not going to argue because I think that's a good point. Yeah, um, yeah. Except, except the whole, you know, it's got that, that's got that cold beer vibe to it. And, yeah. you know, Friday nights, I'm going to go out and grab some cold beers and go see some music. Oh, I miss those days. Yes. <laughs> the life of a recovering alcoholic, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yes. Well, I, I imagine, uh, yes, I'm, uh, uh, good luck on that, I understand that, it is, um, it, yeah, that's, yeah. you're like, dang it. It's the season, you know, yeah, it is. time it's hot outside, you want to grab a cold beer, you're like, but I can't, yeah. <laughs> like, I'll have a root beer. Yes. Uh, just, just not doing it. <laughs> well, I will, I will share with you, this is only slightly, um, similar to you, um, one of the side effects of my chemo is that I'm in a three-week cycle. So the first, I, on a Wednesday, I get my chemo. The next Wednesday, I go for blood work. The next Wednesday, I'm, I do nothing. And then the following week, it starts all over. And I have two weeks where I'm taking oral chemo, and so a week off. Well, during that first 10 days maybe 12 days of that 21 day cycle i can't drink anything cold because oh. your body is so sensitive to cold it's actually painful this, yes. so i'm in texas just when, just when you, yeah 100 degree right i'm like i can't i can't even drink a cold iced tea or a cold diet oh, coke so God. yes but have you thought about uh, medical marijuana you know, I've had a, I've had a couple of people reach out to me that because it's not legal here in Texas, but I've had a couple of people in a, a certain crime. yes, a certainly a certain friend of my son, Papa Jay. You know, if you need it, I'll get it. 
I understand. I will not say his name to protect the innocent. I'm like, I know I, if I need it, I will. But he's like, okay, you know Papa Jay. That'll get it. And so I was like, well, I appreciate the love, but I'm okay so far. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, that, if you need some, come to Jersey. All you right. Got, uh, well, you'll take it. All right. That sounds good. You know. It's Garden State. Yeah. Um, Terry, this has been a joy, and, and I can't wait to join you back on damaged goods and i know in the next couple of weeks um probably in august we'll set up and we'll have another discussion we'll have you back on and we'll record something you can talk about how the podcast has been doing and we can we'll come up with a, some stories to talk about this has been a blast um thank, thank you, you so thank much thank you very much for having me yes, no problem uh, so, i just want to say it's something how the, the music of one Bruce Springsteen can bring everybody together in such a way. It is amazing. And so I'm going to end, and I hope I don't uh, make you too emotional, but I love to end with, now I will provide for you and I'll stand by your side. You'll need a good companion now for this part of the ride. Yeah, leave behind your sorrows. Let this day be the last. Well, tomorrow there'll be sunshine and all this darkness past. Big wheels roll through fields where sunlight streams. Meet me in the land of hope and dreams. And that's what it's all about. Better myself. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, Terry. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.